Well, I hope you enjoyed your time. Oh, I did. On I my did. podcast. I your podcast. Oh, I always good. have. It is always very Shut cool. up. I know. No. I straight up listened to that shit when I was in working my box office shift at my summer stock gig. I was, I literally would binge your podcast. I would. That is so funny. It was research. Welcome to Great Windy Way, a podcast putting a spotlight on Chicago theater. My guest this week is Stephen Coakley. He's a fellow ONU alum, Ohio Northern University. He's a musical director working on a project here in Chicago, as well as a talented performer and half of the duo, Viv and Steve. I had a lovely chat over a stiff beverage with him after a rehearsal one night, and I know you'll feel right at home. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for being here. With our adult beverages. Thanks for hosting me. Oh, absolutely. I never, it's like any opportunity I get to have, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm like, come over, come to my house. Right. And you've lived here for how long? I got here October 2nd. So like a month and a half and some change. Oh. Almost two months, yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming up in two months. And you're enjoying it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm still very <laughs> much, I'm still very much in the like, wake up and like discover it mode. Yeah. Still, like I haven't, I definitely don't have it figured out. Sure. Even like, not even like, halfway there yet <laughs> but what I like am seeing and doing like, I love it I love I definitely feel like it's like my home what's the part okay because you visited here a couple times and you were like oh, oh I yeah, got yeah. to learn like the CTA and so oh, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what's the thing that like you did not expect you would have to learn or like what was difficult adjusting to when you like after you um, moved here yeah, like yeah, that yeah. you weren't expecting um, it's it's silly but like you know like I love hiking, love being outside, love the outdoors. When you're on a hike and you're on the trail and you pass someone, you always, you know, look them in the eye and, like, say hello, whatever, and... Like, when you're on a boat, right. people <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, like, people are just, like, friendly, and it's just something I've adjust, like, noticed just... And that's probably with, like, any, you know, people are on the go in any city, but just, like, the lack of eye contact people want to serve you just when you're, like, passing by them or on the CTA or whatever. So something even just as similar as that is, like, oh, people aren't as... People aren't as willing to just like something as simple as just like look you in the eye. So when I do have like a quick moment or like a quick smile with someone, that actually really sticks out to me throughout my day. Because I'm like, oh, people don't do that as much. Hmm. Um, I, that so was that, not what I was. Gonna no, do. I know that's like not probably what you were looking for like at all. But I was looking for any answer, but like that was an um, interesting one. And just even though it's obviously like a large major city, how small it is, mm. like neighborhoody. You know, yeah. like I'm seeing the same faces, the same people, way more than I thought I would be. Totally. It's very small. Especially when you have, like, a commute kind of yeah. set. You're like, this right. person Once gets on the, the train commute, at like, this I'm time. I'm like, memorizing other people's schedules at this point. Yeah, like, yeah totally. Know, strangers, yeah. Well, you, I mean, you love the outdoors. Do you uh, feel like, because I feel like I'm a city person. Like, I like uh-huh. being outside, but I'm not, I'm not like taking on a hike every single weekend right. kind of person do you feel do you still feel like okay in a big city like is yeah that still, is I definitely still it's like it's an adjustment and okay. I, I do notice it mm. not being like you know not having like nature nature yeah because you're like accessible. outdoors oh yeah, yeah yeah I'm I'm like I would say outdoor so like Grayson Cemetery right here uh-huh like I will just if I'm feeling like a little weird or just like need to get out fresh air you'll walk I'll walk through the cemetery in the, in the cemetery. beginning I know in the beginning because it's like trees and grass and there's like mm, a cute lake. dead people yeah well I try the first time I was like okay this is like weird like I shouldn't be walking through a cemetery no but it is really peaceful but it has for a cemetery it has great vibes yeah it doesn't feel weird it doesn't feel weird to me 
Um, but like, I work right next to Oz Park now, so like, it's uh-huh. it's like not. It's like there are ways you can fulfill it. You yeah. Know? There is like ways to feel like I'm still, you know, outside or in the in the outdoors. But I still like like much prefer. I definitely feel like I'm still a city person. Yeah. You know, I just like love being escape every now and then. No, totally, totally. I mean, I feel like I mean just to like bolster Chicago a little bit. Like, I do feel like it's much easier to get those moments here than oh, it yeah. is in I haven't, it has not cities. been, like, an issue, you know? Yeah, no, I was just curious about how you do it, because, yeah. like, I I don't do quite that, but, like, I do think, like, Oz Park is great, and, like, just being able to get, um, I feel like there's just many more places you can, like, pocket yourself rather than having to hike to, like, one central right. area uh, yeah. that, I was about to say, like, one central park, and I was like, I don't want to, like, point <laughs> no, fingers, no, 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 but... <laughs> but yeah well tell me about what you're working on right now so I'm currently we're in tech for the land of forgotten toys because it is Christmas time it is a Christmas musical well it's not here. Thanksgiving yet but it is Christmas no, time no, no, no. <laughs> it is Christmas time the holiday season is upon us yes so yeah land of forgotten toys mm-hmm. greenhouse theater center with CPA theatricals that's the does CPA stand for something um it does I think he started it because like, he named it that because he was a CPA like a certified public accountant? Yes, yes. That's hilarious. Yeah, he like was an actor, took a break, became an accountant, went like second career producer. That's cute. Took the, yeah, married the two CPA theatricals. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Kind of like how T-Pain is like Tennessee Pain, but like nobody knows. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he no grew idea. up in, or not Tennessee, I'm so sorry, Tallahassee. I love that. Or like how Florida is just Florida. Right. <laughs> Mine was absolutely blown when I found that out. Yes. I spelled for a very long time, like much longer than I should have. I would spell Florida, Florida. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was like, like I would like F L O R I something. I would spell it like Florida or something. Like I don't know. Anyway, yeah. but yeah. So that's interesting. I think that's a cute name. I like it. Oh yeah, it's cute. And yeah, we we start previews this upcoming Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And since it's a new musical, Wednesday the twenty November twenty seventh, the day before Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. and then we're in previews for like a week and a half, mm-hmm. which is kind of a long preview process. But since it's a new musical, we want to. It's get the in first that, production. Uh, yeah, we know things are going to be changing. So it's never been mounted in front of an audience before. Well, there's been there's been a couple of workshops that okay. were that they got a lot of you know audience feedback from and stuff that sort of crafted what we're working on now. Mm-hmm. But this is the first full-blown production happening mm, okay so they we have a lot of previews knowing things are going to change and then we officially open december 7th congratulations yeah, this is your this is but this is not your first time i shouldn't say this is your first time per, like doing a, a project in chicago because it, but it's your first like perfection. i mean it gig. really is it really is i've the only other things i've done like cabarets yeah in chicago mm-hmm. um but as far as like a like a theatrical mm-hmm. moment. This was this is number one. Ah, yeah, that's great. And so, um, you are music directing, mm-hmm. which I've never gotten to pick someone's brain about oh, in, in this particular medium yet. Great. So, um, for people who aren't as like immersed in the theatrical arts mm-hmm. as you and I are, can you just kind of give um, a summary of what oh, a music director? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. So in the beginning, I teach all the music to the actors. And, you know, get them their notes and their rhythms and sort of the, the bones of the music. 
and then once it's learned, and then I played I'm at the piano for every rehearsal, so then you kind of become like a rehearsal pianist for a while, and mm-hmm. keep, you sort of maintain the quality of the music, and once it's learned, color it in, and make it musical, and then you get the, once you get the band involved, you, I'm with the band, or, you know, rehearsing with the band, and getting them, our show we have, it's me, accused one, accused two, and then bass and drums, and then you're in the pit and you're conducting the show and connecting with the actors, making sure the music and the show flows seamlessly and from mm-hmm. one song to the next and one cue to the next. And, um, yeah. For a new musical, how much, uh, I guess, say do you have in adjusting any of the music that's already been written? Yeah, so that was the, the since this is a new musical, I actually got to work really closely with the composer and the orchestrator and I haven't actually like ever met them live in person, but I feel like I know them just between the emails and the FaceTimes and the calls sure. and stuff. Um, I personally don't, because I feel like my job is to make the show sound good. Mm-hmm. I ha- I'm not like proposing cuts and changes or at you know additions musically. Mm-hmm. However, the directors very much do because that's you know their job is to put up you know it's crafting a new musical and if something's right. not working. So that's something that's been kind of cool about this process is sort of being a liaison between the artistic team of the show and the writing team. Mm-hmm. I've sort of been their bridge and being like, well, we can't make this cut because there's a key change here, something like that, you know? So like, yeah. like being the like, yeah, the bridge between making both parties, you know, accommodating for both parties and making sure they're both sort of getting what they want. Right. Because if a music cut happens, you're you're the one that is teaching them. So I now have to like, you know, you go back and you teach them the new version or like we have new lyrics that we just got for a new song. So we want to teach, give them the new lyrics, Mm -hmm. things like that. If there's a song that we like the last, the last like 12 bars of it, we dropped a half step. So then we now have to talk to the orchestrator, make sure he gets the band parts dropped a half step so it's been a big learning like I've never you know when when you're music directing the music man it's here's the music man do it you Mm -hmm. know you're not doing all this you're not calling up Meredith Wilson right hey hey buddy we need to cut we need to drop this a half step yeah exactly (laughs) so it's been it's been a like there's been a whole other part of the process that I've never done before Mm -hmm. that's been very cool to be able to work with the the other the other artists like that yeah And then just kind of stepping outside your current project. You've music directed for, like, existing shows. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I did it a lot in college. Mm-hmm. The first thing you were in. Yes, in I know. So I did it a lot in school. But that was, like, kind of different because it wasn't music that was necessarily, like... Because you wrote that, didn't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you right. came it was in like and, like... Right, like, they wanted just music added. But it's still, it was still sort of the principle was there. Was sure. Teaching the music, playing the music. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I music directed... I actually music directed a lot in high school towards the end. Just because at the time our choir teacher didn't play piano, we like got a new chorus teacher. And me in high school, how the time, did they like, pass the interview? Is okay. Beside, <laughs> beside the point, me in high school, my sassy like high school stuff was like, we are not, you know, having rehearsals without a piano player. I was like, I'll just do it. <laughs> and so I music directed that tracks. <laughs> in junior year, I did. I music directed like a tragic 
version, it was like semi-staged version of Les Mis. No, you did not. It was also in it. You yeah. music directed a production of Les Mis. But it was, it was more like a review. It was like Les Mis in concert. Like the highlights album that you exactly. get. Exactly. Like. It was very much a highlights album slash like when you see the like in concert version where it's like semi-staged. Uh-huh. Um, and then senior year, I music directed our spring musical. And so that's why when I got to college, I was kind of like, oh, oh I've done this before. Okay. You know, I, I had no idea what I was doing. But I felt like I could do it. And then, yeah. Which is um, half the battle. It's half the battle. And then I've done a, a little work regionally this past summer, but this is my first time like in Chicago in Lamb. Yeah. Yeah, like on a It's still it's still very much like still very much like in the learning phase, you know, still mm-hmm. figuring, you know. But I it's not like it's like I've never done it before kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But your no, I don't want to say background, but your education, your formal education is in performance. Right. So I don't have like any like I don't want to say I don't have any formal music training. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I took piano lessons. Right, but I quit very intelligent music. And I, yeah, but I really don't have like I do kind of wish I had a little more like proper music training because my training Mm -hmm. is, you know, I have an acting degree, so it's like as great as that is, it's like oh, when I'm trying to like subdivide something, I'm like yeah, like I'm like what? How do I do this? You know, (laughs) yeah, like literally hitting my forehead, like. um, (laughs) So yeah, it's definitely been. Yeah, you know, a learning curve having be like my education, like the majority of like my education on it, just mm-hmm. be by like different experiences. How has your experience be like being a trained actor mm-hmm. informed your music directing and oh, vice it's versa? Like, it's everything. It's yeah, everything. I think they totally work hand in hand, and I think being an actor makes me a better music director and vice versa. Like not for, just because of like the empathy. No, of no, it, no. Or, yeah. Well, I mean that's a big part of it. Yeah, but, like yeah, yeah. for instance, today. Like, I, we were getting ready to go into one of the songs in rehearsal, and the, the, the actor I was working with just didn't say the cue line properly. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, I was, I mean, at, at some point you do sort of memorize the show and you memorize the script, but with the show, it's changing everything. Yeah. So things like that, like, I feel like because, you know, doing both when I'm on stage, I, I'm thinking about things like that. You know, like, oh, I need to nail this line verbatim because that's exactly what's in conductor's book right because so like, this is what so they're he looking can for start with the band or he mm-hmm. or she can start with the band um so i do think they they make me and like i mean most of the work i do as an actor is like ensemble work chorus work which mm-hmm. i feel like as far as just like making a sound like the sound goes for the the group knowing what i would want my ensemble to sound like mm-hmm. definitely informs the way i would sing whatever i'm sort of told you know to be singing yeah so yeah, they definitely work hand in hand. They are very much a marriage in my head. They're not they're not these exclusive separated things to me. Which I think is definitely the best way to go oh, about absolutely. it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And no matter what, and I feel like most people are that way cuz most I feel like everyone dives into something else if they're a performer like directors, you know, very director, true. you know, whatever you're doing, if you're a writer, a director, you know, choreographer, it's like if you're an actor, like, that's everything. If you know what it's like to be in the shoes of the person that you're you know, directing, whatever, then it totally helps. And, yeah, absolutely. You know. And so, I mean, just to, like, add to your laundry list of abilities, you're, I mean, aforementioned, you're a songwriter, too. Mm, yeah. Um, and your artistic partner lives here as well. Yes, yes. so Viv and Steve, check us out on Spotify. Spotify! Shameless plug. Yes. Yeah. That's what, um, this is, like, 100%. Like, yeah, just yeah this is a plug. Yeah. Check out Viv and Steve on all streaming services. 
We have one EP at the moment, and then we're in. We're about to go into post for our next project. Wow. We have two singles gonna come out, and that are gonna come out in the winter. But yeah, she is my writing partner and singer. Although I am singing in the next project. <gasps> you are. Yeah. Yay! My, my, mom, my mom and my grandma were like so disappointed that I was not singing on it. I was like, it's scary, mom. I was like, it is really vulnerable. I was like, it's bad enough that I have like literally like my diary of like my deepest like darkest moments put into song and then yeah just made them rhyme exactly (laughs) let alone like being the one on it like but i did so i am singing on the next project as i promised not as much (laughs) as she is because she's like that's her thing that's her thing yeah but yeah she lives in chicago we met we met as actors um doing summer stock and i just was sort of like hearing her voice and was like oh it has a lot of like very cool colors it has very sound and I had just I knew I had written a bunch of songs and I never really shared them or done anything with them like my pop music and stuff I'd always everything I'd written had been like for like oh this show needs a song whatever yeah yeah yeah. and so we just put our songs out on Facebook and it was getting a lot of love on Facebook so we were like let's make a little EP let's make an album that's so so amazing and yeah it's been a huge it's been like a very exciting new endeavor in our both of our careers because again it's like so she wasn't the kind. She wasn't like I want to be a singer songwriter. Oh no no no! Like. She is. She was. She went to school for musical theater. Mm-hmm. She very much was like at her college was like the dancer is what oh, she was told interesting. me. And they, apparently, all her professor. She's like a you know trained soprano. So all her professors are like, oh, you're gonna be like chorus girl, dancer, hunker down on that soprano line. Right. But she had never thought she was gonna be this like you know pop. R&B singer-songwriter wow. recording an album. So, and neither did I really. So it was kind of this, it's very like new for both of us, but it's we really are enjoying it. That's love. exciting. Yeah. So I'm excited for this next project. Now, whenever you go on to the next thing, you always look at the thing before and you're like, like so unimpressed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so I'm really, I think the next thing we have is a lot more, we're just like stepping up our game, I feel like, in all departments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In production and songwriting got better i think she sounds amazing like it just it's like it's older it's like we're growing you know mm-hmm. growing up with viv and steve that's so great you know, that's sort of like the when we like sat down like, okay what do we want this to be like that was where mm-hmm. we were coming from like mm-hmm. you know missed out on me was child's play this is like we're growing up we gotta be yeah that's really exciting so yeah i'm really i'm really pumped for that to come out and you know whatever comes from that those songs you know, see where that goes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really cool because you don't normally think of this city as a place like a music hub. Right. But yet, I mean, especially with the internet, like, I mean, you can basically do that anywhere, yeah. but like, there are so many opportunities for... And well, I, because it's such a theater hub, mm. and our, our music we've discovered is very... it'll On Spotify, it'll be like, people also, also listen to, and then it's like, the Amelie cast album or like oh, Thoroughly Modern Love. So yeah. we know MTs are like locking down on Vin and Steve. Yeah. Which I love. Like I'm I have totally. a bunch of people using our songs for like their for audition season. For That's so, so cool. So yeah, I kinda wanna be like even though it's not musical theater music, it's still mm-hmm. like pop music. I like love that like theater I want the theater community to like embrace the music. Yeah. It's like, kinda that's like when like Josh Groban releases right, not like right, the same right. not the same genre no, necessarily but, but the same like yeah, yeah, yeah. demographic and I like I take a lot of like when we went and recorded they were like these, these songs sound like very musical theater like do you want us to make them sound like that in like production and we were kind of like no like we want them to sound like you know pop songs but I was like 
I used to sort of be like, when people were like, it sounds like musical theater, like it was like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But now I've learned to take a lot of, pri- like I take a lot of pride that like the theater community like, likes our music because that's where we, that's where we, you know, brought us up is, you know, yeah. is, is musical theater music. So it's plus, like, like I mean, it's going to have a little bit of a well, yeah. theatrical sound to it. And plus, like, I think that me just being one of them myself, musical theater people, they're educated in it. They're well, right, and that's kind of, you yeah. know, they're, I know I am very picky about even the pop music that I listen to mm-hmm. because I want it to have that same sort of, like, narrative, right. artistic value. Exactly. I want there to be, like, just because it's a pop song doesn't mean it can't tell a good story or there can't be, you know, a beginning, middle, and end, mm-hmm. you know, like, which I think is, like, a lot of just, like, generic pop, like, I don't want to say generic, but, like, a lot of pop, pop music, that's not, I feel like, the first priority, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's something her and I really, because we come from the theater, we think about when we write a song. Yeah, I think that's valuable. Let me ask you, like, okay, let's have, like, a bigger discussion about music. Okay. So, I feel like recently, like, the the world of MT, or musical theater, mm-hmm. and, like, pop music, they're not necessarily, like, one is, like, obviously musical theater is going very much towards pop music, totally. but I think that there's starting to be this, like, curve of pop music that goes a little bit back towards, or at least they're, like, forking, where, like, a lot of it's going back towards musical theater, and they're, like, there's, like, two sections of parallel rows that are starting to, like, kind of meet. Converge, yeah. Yeah, do you feel, I mean, do you agree with that? Do you feel like there is um, this, like, future where... We kind of go back to that like 1930s sentimentality where yeah, like those two yeah, yeah. worlds are much more Honestly, together. yeah. I think I think we are like in the midst of maybe we're not calling it this right now, but I feel like we are in like the second golden age of musical theater. Totally. Because I mean, you have like the greatest showman is playing on the radio, mm-hmm. and I mean those are musical theater writers through right. and through. That is Broadway music that has they have. I feel like there's this there's this. Uh, taking musical theater and I don't want to say I don't want to say watering it down because it mm-hmm. makes it sound negative. Right, right, right. But making it appeal to the masses, taking in, a little of the, yeah, like the context right, out taking of it, context yeah. a little bit away, which I think I'm here for because I love a pop song. And right, I love pop. Music. Listen to like all of Jekyll and Hyde. Exactly, and exactly. Like, anything for Glaucon. No I'm here for context. It, but I'm like, <laughs> it is a Whitney Houston like belt ballad through mm-hmm. and through. Um, yeah, and I think that I, I think it's really exciting that we're entering a world where it's like not these separate boxes, where it's very mm-hmm. much they sort of the world of pop music and the world of musical theater very much living in the same thing. And we have, you know, things like The Greatest Showman, and you know how how like there was that thing where Wicked was doing they were doing like monthly where they were doing like a pop cover. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I love that shit. I was mm-hmm. so down for that where they were like breaking it down. Acoustic instruments and things like that, and I can't as like an actor. I can't tell you the last time I brought in. I, I mean, unless you're going in for something specifically golden age, like everyone brings in pop music. Right, and they ask, and that's what they want to. They they want to see how you can interpret a song that maybe the lyrics are a little more vague, a little vaguer, or that it's not it's not as direct storytelling. But like now, step up your game. How can you make it storytelling? How can you make that specific and make that? A story which I love. I think that is like so exciting. I love the direction both the fields are going. Mm-hmm. I'm super glad to be a part of it. 
Yeah, and, you get to be part of that renaissance. Yeah, and see see this change happening. I think it's really cool that that musical theater is becoming... Or like Sarah Bareilles, I think she has a huge influence upon that. Yes. Because she's been writing music like that for years. For before, years. Long before That's Waitress. That's a great comparison. You know, Much long before... Forbes. No, no, no. But like long before Waitress was even a thing, mm-hmm. the pop music she was writing out, you could have easily made a music out of. And mm-hmm. I think Diane Paulus is brilliant for saying, that's who I want as yeah, my composer. Yeah, and bringing in that because writer she for, knew, yeah. Exactly. She knew the type of music she was already writing was very theatrical. It's very storytelling. And now, you know, when she's on tour, she's she's playing waitress at her tours. And mm-hmm. I think that is just exposing the masses to this art form that it's like, that, you know, maybe necessarily wouldn't be buying a ticket to go to Broadway, but now they're getting, you know, they're getting musical theater by going to her concert. And yeah. She's a huge star. So I think... I think it's really cool. I think it's becoming... I feel like it became... It was, like, becoming cool. Like, I missed it. Like, it was still really lame when I got into it. Like, I was still doing this, you know? <laughs> right, Like, it was right. not cool. It was very much, like, a thing to get made fun of for. And then, like, I looked back, like, two years after, and it was, like, everyone was doing it. I was like, okay, great, great. Yeah. Just missed it. I think... And I don't know if this is me just, like, putting a lot of weight on this particular... I, I think that, like, I heard when I was auditioning for musical theater schools that, like... Glee. I was just gonna. I knew mean, it made heard, everybody want to do musical I heard theater, a and I was like, "Where did this come from?" I don't know how accurate it is, but I heard a statistic that was literally like the number of people like trying to go to school for musical theater in the last ten years has increased five hundred percent. Wow! Which is, is, I don't know. I hundred percent Someone, can, that someone can definitely. Fact yeah, we check can. Me. Fact, yeah, we don't someone have a out fact there. Check yeah, yeah, yeah. But I heard please that, send me the receipts. I, I believe it. I believe it through mm. and through because you've got things like Glee. That came out and make it making it, you know, showing you like, oh, you can be in high school and like be into the arts and it not be like, you know, you're not lame for it anymore. It's like right. cool to be into singing or playing your instrument or acting or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows. I think a lot of people want to go to school for that now, which is like so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we had that talk. Yeah. <laughs> um... Not really sure how to how to circle back, but I found that fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Land of Forgotten Toys. Yeah, okay, yeah. wait. Tell me what it's about. Um. So, Grace is our protagonist, and she just she is passionate about stars and space. She wants to be an astronomer. Not an astrologer. Not astrology. <laughs> to be not to be confused with astrology. You have, you have two cancers in the room right now. <laughs> loving the cancer I know. energy. Exactly. So um, warm and cozy. It's very warm. It's very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, she wants to be. She wishes. She wants something more out of life, and she gets transported into the land of forgotten toys, which is where all the toys that were not wanted, or were broken, or were misfits were kind of thrown by Charlotta, who is Santa's evil sister. Oh. A lot of people don't know. Santa has a sister. And she is out. Educated. She is not here to play. Yeah, she is <laughs> She is a bad bitch through and through. And I don't want to give too much away, but sure. a big part of the story is about Charlotta's um, plan to sort of take over Christmas, and Grace has to sort of save the day. Okay. And make sure that Christmas is safe and that all the children still get so, is the Land of Forgotten Toys the simply the the setting for this story, or are the toys involved? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is one of the settings. It is in the north. It is across the sea at the North Pole. 
So yes. our show actually starts, a big part of our show, a big element we are relying on is projections. Mm-hmm. And much um, Which our, a lot of uh, shows Which is obviously now. very in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and our show starts with the map of Land Forgot- of Forgotten Toys, much like Wicked. We've been really, we've been making, we've really been taking liberties and being like, it's wicked. Um, But you see, you see, you know, Santa's workshop, Charlotta's cabin, the sea, and then across the sea is the land of forever. So it's very isolated, but it is very much a setting. You're in for much. I guess like yeah, like what makes it important enough to be the the title? Yeah, it's because it's where the honestly the toys. There's five of them. They're all. They're, are they characters? They're characters, yeah, yeah. Okay. You've got, and they're all like, they're all sort of like a, a version of a toy we all know and love. Like, you have Barbara doll, and you have Totally Trivia, which is sort of the like... Trivial Pursuit? Trivial Pursuit, okay. kind of. You have Game Dude, which is like... Just, How is Trivial Pursuit personified? He's very, like, nerdy. He's oh, very, like, okay. He's I was know- thinking, like, a He's box. a know-it-all. He's like okay, a mansplainer. Okay, okay. He's like <laughs> a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And you've got, you've got Taxi Cab, which is sort of like... A transformer that was like forgotten oh. and sort of it's too old now because we've got Ubers and we've got Lyfts. Oh, and like that. okay. And then what's the other thing? Like oh, Hot Wheels. We've we, we been calling her karaoke, but it's a karaoke machine. <laughs> and they all have like something wrong with them. So, like Barbara Doll, her arm spring is like broken. Karaoke can't sing on pitch all uh. the time. Oh, we have Fun Oven Supreme. And that's like. That's easy basically an easy bake oven, and she burns everything. So they all have something wrong, with them, and that's why they were thrown away. But they're they just want to be loved, like the rest of us. Right. <laughs> it's super relatable. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, very that's, it's very, <laughs> very much, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where our show takes place. It's it's ninety minutes. It's short and sweet, but it's really it is really cute. It's very I don't want to say cute is such a de- demeaning word. It's lovely. It's like yeah. it's very sweet. Are you expecting a lot of kids at the yeah. show? Yeah, we're not saying it's like it's not TYA because there is like things in there for the grown-ups to enjoy as well. Yeah, but I am very much expecting audiences to be filled with children. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, and I hope they get into it. I hope they're like, I hope they're not heckling, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like screaming. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I hope they're like, yeah. like viscerally reacting to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done a show that has like an audience with like mostly children? Honestly, I mean, the ONU Holiday Spectacular, okay. which I did with well, you many a time. School of Depression. The reason I asked you about that doll today was because they put a post and it was like, are you Team Trexel or Team Pixel? Oh, I saw that. I was like, wait a like, <laughs> what a polarizing question. I was like, I was like, Team Mrs. Beasley. Lots of men's. <laughs> a lot. Did you guys do a senior showcase? We did our capstone. We didn't do like a traditional showcase. You didn't like go to like a no, no, city? No, no, we didn't go to like a city or whatever. They brought in and they brought in. Oh, they brought them in. Yeah, and they, they brought in Stuart from Chicago. Which oh, was that's re- nice. Which was really nice. I yeah. feel like I got a big. Yeah, we didn't get any agencies. We just got different casting directors. Yeah, yeah. So. They brought in and they brought in some, someone from Tara Rubin from New York. So it was, co- it was cool. It was okay, good. good. I feel like I got. You know, some good insight on both the markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we just did our capstone. Our capstone was... I actually literally watched it today. That's, yeah? I was getting a little email today, and I was, like, missing... Mm. I was missing the classmates, and it was, like... Our capstone was, like, really... The energy senior year was kind of, like... Everyone was just, like, naturally just, like, checked out. And so, like, the, like, process of getting up to capstone was kind of, like, horrifying. Like, it, we, like, yeah. it seemed like we, like, couldn't get it together. 
and then we put together. Well, it just wasn't just my no, 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 no. second that's semester. Like, that's like, that, yeah. that's like, and, oh, they changed it. There's only one. We only do one. Mm. Yeah. And, but then I like went, we like put together such a good show. Like, I'm Aww. so proud of it. And I went back and watched it today. And I was like, oh, we really got our shit together. Like, right, you know, not even like right on time. Like, we were prepared and it was like, it was a great, it was like, it was perfect. It was exactly what it needed to be. I was really proud of it. It made me miss them a lot. Shout out to my team, you know. I miss them. I know. I like, and everyone's like fresh out into the, into the real world. I feel like it's around Christmas time, like. When I first graduated, like, I really started to miss people. Oh, I'm feeling that big time. Yeah. I'm feeling that a lot. I have never called my parents on the phone more than I do since I've lived here. I talk to at least one of the two of them. I try to at least every day. Yeah. And I'll just call them because I'm like, what'd you do today? Like, I just want to talk to you, you know, because you just miss people. It's, a, it's definitely an adjustment. Mm-hmm. You know, you're so used to living down the street from all your best friends. And then you're like work, you know, if you're if you're in class, you're in shows, whatever, you're like working with all your friends. So it's such an adjustment to be like, oh, everyone's got their own shit going on. You know, you have to kind of like block out time to to see to socialize, to be a social being. And I'm so social, I love I love hanging out with my friends. So it's definitely been an adjustment to be like, oh, okay. Um, it's not it's not as accessible as it is when you're in college. So I definitely call my parents a lot more, but it's it's good. Good. You got. You just gotta work a little harder to do it. But um, yeah. You. But it's cool to see that people are still, especially this time of year when it gets cold yeah. and like shitty outside and no one wants to do anything. It's like that's when you gotta be doing things the most. You know? Yeah. I do feel like now that I've lived on my own, the the value that I find in talking to my parents, talking to my friends from college and high school, like it's just so much richer I feel oh, like it's everything like right. I talk to Patrick Lusinski like one of my best friends from college like once a month but we talk on the phone for like an hour and a half and like I just get so my heart just fills up so much no, from it versus so, yeah. like when we lived down the street from each other in college and it was like I would see him all the damn time but like right you don't even realize exactly exactly so yeah I think that no our, as we get older our friendships start to like thin out but like the ones that we keep are so so yeah, they, yeah. like quality over quantity yes you know mm-hmm. big time yeah the ones that you keep even though you don't make, maybe you don't see them as often I feel like just get deeper and richer and better because you're growing up together even though you're not seeing each other mm-hmm. but you maybe just not be you just don't feel like maybe oh I don't have that many friends yeah you know yeah but like the ones you do hold on to them right absolutely yeah so I don't know um how deeply you feel like you can answer this question but I would love for you to still answer it yeah uh what do you feel like makes Chicago theater special I think what makes I mean I've been here literally a day so like what the fuck do I know <laughs> but from but even your first impression like yeah exactly fresh eyes fresh perspective what mm-hmm. makes it special is a couple things mm-hmm. one the obvious like the obvious answer is like the sense of community that's here it's like sure. everyone knows everyone it is definitely it's like and I don't mean this in like a diminishing way but it's like a high school drama department on steroids because it's like small enough where everyone knows everybody and everyone's worked with everyone and everyone's um and then 
to be not to be like an economist here, but what makes it special is that like most of us aren't making a living off of this. You know, it's like passion is what is driving this. This is not mm -hmm. we don't have Broadway mm -hmm. here, so it's like people aren't making you know two Six gr figures, two grand a yeah. week doing this. Mm -hmm. People are doing this because they fucking love doing it, and if it's small scale or if it's low budget, it doesn't matter. People just like being in the room with other artists doing the work, making it happen. Which I think is really cool. Because that's the other cool thing about Chicago is like you get to have like a life. You get to do, you know, I would never be able to live in an apartment like this paying what I'm paying for it in New York, ever. Mm -hmm. we, we calculated what a place like this would be in New York and it was like we all clutched our pearls and because <laughs> it was, it was, it was gargantuan. It was beyond, <laughs> our, beyond our wildest dreams. And so it's like, I can, I can, it's like, okay, well, it's way more affordable. So it's like, you get to sort of like have your life. And it's not to say that like the grind is not still there. Everyone's still, mm -hmm. you know, making their ends meet, doing their, their jobs in between, doing their gigs, whatever. But um, it's, there's a community element that I love. I love the intimate vibe of like, oh, you worked with this person now. I love them because I work with them so closely. You know, now you're going to work with this person. Yeah, you, know. you um, I mean, we talked about this off mic, but, um, you know, a while ago, but you were vacillating at some point between New York and Chicago. No, I always thought growing up I was going to be a New York guy. Always. Yeah. I never dreamt I would be Yeah. And what, what changed your mind? Anything outside of what you had already mentioned about? No, I mean, what changed my mind was people. Just, like, the mm -hmm. connections I made with, like, literally, like, 20 people. I had done one gig that was mostly Chicago-based actors. And just the idea of, oh, I have a community, even though it's only, you know, 20 people, let's say. The idea of like, oh, I have a community of people I love and I trust and I know, mm -hmm. was enough for me to be like, oh, let me just move there. You know, let me try it. Because they all are working in Chicago and they seem to like it, so why can't I do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't have to wait 13 hours to get seen at an EPA. No, I you never, do not. You gone, can walk in I and probably in be there and an hour and a half. I have seen in 45 minutes or yeah. less, truly. No, I have not waited more than an hour and a half for any audition I've done. Yeah. And it's like, all of us have better things to be doing with our time than waiting 11 hours to, like, fingers crossed, hopefully get seen. Yeah, like, possibly yeah, outside. Exactly. Like, like, exactly. Exactly. And like everyone, and that's not to shit on my friends, and because I have so many people in New York that I love dearly, oh, and we're yeah. doing the damn thing, grinding for it. But it's like there's so many people there. There's so many people who have the same dream, who are working just as hard as you, if not harder, who are gonna get their ass there, you know. Fifteen after. minutes before you. Right. Exactly. Someone's always gonna get there before you. And it's just like on such a I just feel like I have better things to do with my time than wait all fucking day to hopefully get seen or something. Mm -hmm. Where it's like here, it's like, oh, I can walk in, get seen, and then go do what I need to go be doing for the rest of the day. And if you get the job, great. If you don't, I'll go to the next one. That's the one thing, yeah. Maybe I'm not auditioning as much as I would be in New York, which is one thing I'm getting used to because like... I just expected like post grad life would be like audition, audition, audition. Like living at Pearl Studios. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's like sort of what I always envisioned for myself. So it's an adjustment to be like, oh, you might only have a couple auditions a week. It, this time of year, you're lucky if that's even. Like, right, exactly. I know. I'm like, what is going Wait, on? Wait, like 
two months though, and you're just exactly. Gonna be... And hopefully it'll it'll pick up again. But mm-hmm. it's like, I I love and I, it's so comforting, know like knowing that. And then when you're at them, like knowing knowing a a great amount of people that are coming in for the same stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's very the community element of it is, and I I like that Chicago. My my impression so far is like takes a lot of pride in that. Yeah, it takes a lot of pride in the sense of community. It's like, oh, we mm-hmm. are Chicago. And community. your experience so far, not just your impression. You know. Oh like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it, it is it is my experience. Be be even just this one project I have done. No, like the people I've worked with and the the like world they've opened up for me and the pe- the people they've introduced me to or whatever. I'm like, oh, this is so something I want to be a part of. You know. For sure, whether it's you know at the piano, restricting, whether it's on stage, whatever, it's like this is something I want to be a part of because it is, it is the talent is still there. It's and beyond. It's top notch. People are like so stellar here, but like there it, there is more of a like I don't know. It doesn't feel like people when there people are interacting with you. It doesn't feel like it's like what can I get out of you. It's not ever like. It's like it is a Midwestern city through and totally. through. People are still really like kind and people are still really interested in what you have to say. It's not just like hustle, grind all the time. What can I what can I get out of you? How can you get me up a rung on my ladder? It's very much like, oh, what do you do? I'm very interested in that. And I and I love that. I love that. It's very comforting. And you know what? I'm sure I'll live in New York someday. Honestly, maybe someday soonish. Who knows? But like, for the time being, I'm like so here for this community, and I'm so I really love it. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Oh, yeah. That really warms my heart. Totally. I mean, all of your insight is so appreciated mm. and just so unique and so valuable, just like you. Mm. So thank you for meeting with me. That's really sweet. Thanks for interviewing me. I yes. was there anything else you wanted to say on mic to your fans? And oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, but, um. Be on the lookout for new Viv and Steve. Yes, Spotify. Again. I'll put, uh, Spot- iTunes, put it Apple in Music, the... Apple Music, whatever you choose to use. Yes. We'll be on there. Yeah, hopefully give give us like a month or two. I have, yeah, it's it, that it's a tough life trying to make that happen with an actor schedule. But yeah. we're doing, we're trying to do the damn thing. So check us out. Yeah. Um, Let yeah. me know when everything is like no, dropping totally. so I can no, send it totally, out into totally, the, totally. the universe. Um, yeah. Do you have anything? No. I'm just really happy to be with you. Oh, always. Me too. Yay. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh my god. Thanks for tuning in to me and Steven. Check out The Land of Forgotten Toys this Christmas season and check out Viv and Steve on your favorite music streaming service. See you next time on The Great Windy Way.